0: You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast,
1: where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you
0: heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm here today. With the one and only warren ryan who runs the fearless speaking academy out of the uk what up warren how you doing mate how's it going joel thank you so much for inviting me (laughs) nice mate look you're holding the self-development event of the year out in the uk in london it's the 10th of december and i'm one of the speakers there and you know i uh i was speaking with you earlier this uh this month and i just remember your energy man you have this like charisma about you and and you got me on one of your calls and i had a little bit about your story and i was just thinking you know we got to get you on the addicted to success podcast because i know the audience will feel your energy and really feel your your uh your advice that you share so uh, i'm excited to get into this today
1: i'm excited too joe man i'm excited and thank you so much for the kind words man
0: No problems buddy no problems so tell us why speaking and what about what is it about you that makes you fearless as a speaker
1: great question so it started for me four years ago and i was in a place where i was trying to fit in trying to be normal shall we say (laughs) and i got into a place where i fell in depression I fell in depression as a result of my past, went through things a child shouldn't go through, and I became a victim of it. And as I was a victim of it, I would say kind of like, why me, why do I have to go through this? And in my lowest point in my life, I had an opportunity to work in America, in the USA. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember having a phone call on the Monday For this opportunity, and it was literally last minute. And they said to me, Hey, Warren, um, there's a job to coach soccer in America. Do you want to take it? I said, Yes. And I literally had the phone call on the Monday. I got my visa on like the Wednesday and flew out on the Friday. And when I was in America, I was coaching kids. And the kids, like, if you're from, America, obviously, in America, if you've got a UK accent, they're, they're like, oh my God, you're from England? <laughs> and I'm <laughs> yes. like, yes, you know I'm, yeah. out here, man." <laughs> and then, yeah. And so, so the kids were just like, do you know Harry Potter? And I was like, I could do. And they're like, oh my God. <laughs> and that energy, that energy from children, it kind of gave me this new, this new kind of, um, like, it didn't fix, fix my depression. It just, it made me upbeat in a day. It allowed me to lose the focus of my depression. And in this period, I remember being in Chicago. And when you go to America, Joel, you've probably done the same, but when you first go to America, like in the UK, we don't have supersized me. We don't have supersized. You can't supersize at yeah. different restaurants. Yes. So I was like, I'm in America. I'm going to eat like Americans. I'm going to go supersize. And I did that, right? I, <laughs> I did that. And I got started to get a a bit bloaty. And I remember finishing um, soccer practice and I went on a beach in Chicago. And in Chicago, I'm not joking, on this beach, every guy that I saw had like an eight pack, like ripped as hell. Like you could wash clothes off of their their eight pack. (laughs) And and I'm thinking, I looked down at me and I'm like, do you know what? I need to get in shape. I need to get in shape. So at this point, I went onto YouTube and I'm just typing in like motivational music. Like I've never heard of self-development, just typed in motivational music, kind of Eminem style. And a video popped up and this video is from Eric Thomas. And it said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. And I'm watching this video and the way this video was coming out at me, it was making me realize that actually in life, I didn't really want to be successful. And I had had a background of playing professional soccer, but I still didn't want it. I still wanted to do what everybody else was doing. I wanted to go out and party. I wanted to go out and it was girls and watching TV. And I was just doing what everybody else was doing, but expecting more. And this video really like the way that Eric, like I didn't just hear what Eric was saying. I felt what Eric was saying. And I got intrigued by Eric Thomas. So I'm like Mm. looking up his name, watching, and I watched a video and he's, he's on stage and he's talking about his past and he's talking about his mum being on crack cocaine and he's telling like thousands of strangers this this personal stuff. Like in the UK, you kind of keep stuff like that behind closed doors. And I remember thinking at first, this guy's crazy. Why is he so pumped up? Why has he got so much energy in his (laughs) life? Like like typical kind of American, Uh whoa, whoa, come on, let's do this. I'm like, okay, this guy's crazy. But at the same time, I was saying, me too. Me too. Me too. Yes, yes. And I've never in my life felt a connection with a man as, as such, with Eric Thomas as I did with any other man in this world. Because I, I grew up without a dad in my life, so I never had that, that male role model in my life. And Eric Thomas, he hit me in a place where I've never been hit before. And that, that inspired me to see my past with a a new lens. And I saw it in a way where actually I can use this for me rather than against me. So what I decided to do was I decided to share my story on a blog and post it to the world. And this was probably the scariest thing I had to do in my life. But I knew it was something I had to do because the way that Eric Thomas reached me I knew my story could reach others and I remember just watching, like looking at that send button and thinking when I click send, my life is going to change forever and I pushed send on this blog, I shared it on my social media, Twitter, Facebook and at the time I remember having like 200 followers and I started to have messages from people from around the world, literally from Australia to America to Africa saying it's 3am, I don't like reading and I'm up reading your story. And Warren, I'm going through a place, I'm going through an t- experience in my life where I feel like ending my life. And I've just come across your story. And you've inspired me. You've made me realise that I'm not alone. At that point in my life, I remember just looking up and thinking, this is it. This is my purpose. I found, and it felt so right. It was, it was like the film, Joel. It's like the film, have you seen the film Bruce Almighty? I have. Yeah. 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 It was like that. was It It was like that moment where like all of these messages started to come in and it was a bit overwhelming at the start, but these messages were coming from white people, black people, old, young, rich, poor. And I fell in love with people at that moment. I knew my purpose was to share my story. And from seeing Eric Thomas be a speaker, I knew the vehicle that I was going to use was speaking. But at the time I was shy, my reputation was everything. My street cred (laughs) was everything. (laughs) Yeah, But So in that moment, I started to research and this is when I came across Tony Robbins. So Eric Thomas is the guy that's kind of like pumps you up, gets you ready to make the jump. And Tony Robbins, how I seen Tony Robbins, he was a strategist. He was talking about the mindset. and And from that moment I realized who I thought I was wasn't actually me. And then I would start to do crazy things. I thought, you know what? If I'm going to learn this, I want to be very practical and do it in public. So I would go to restaurants. Literally, I, I kid you, no lie. I would go into a posh, rich restaurant. And I would go into the middle and I would start singing. And I can't sing, Joel, right? I can't <laughs> sing. So I'm in the middle and I'm like, in my pain. And I literally, I was, I don't know why I said that song, but I think, you know, I think I know why now, because I said, it's got pain in it, because I was going through so much pain <laughs> singing it. Yeah, but I was, show yeah. my papers, <laughs> And people were looking at me, like the, the people like, like, well, yeah, they were looking at me thinking, who is this crazy guy? And I remember, I remember thinking at the same time, they're going to put me in a straight jacket. I was so out of my comfort zone. It, I was like, I want to just dig a hole and to jump in that hole. But at the same time, there, uh, there was something insa- inside of me saying, Warren, keep on going. And then I finished this song, went outside the restaurant, put a fist pump in the air and was like, I've done it, I've done it. And I knew that if I wanted to become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, all I had to do was to do this enough times. So I started to do this in so many different situations in the library, just start to do crazy stuff that I wouldn't normally do. But what happened in the end I became comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. So when it came to speaking, it didn't matter how many people I was speaking in front of, there was no fear or nerves present. So this brings on the Fearless Speaking Academy. So when I moved back from America, I decided to move to London. If I was going to make it in the UK, I had to move to London. So I moved to London and I went to schools, I went to colleges, I went to the corporate world. I said, don't pay me a penny, hear me talk. Just le- let me show you my value and what I can deliver. And I started to really get people outside of their comfort zone. But I was teaching them the fundamentals of how their mind works. So I was getting people who were shy to become confident. And I had this one person, I'll never forget it. I had this one person, he said, Warren, everyone gets nervous when they speak on stage. Everyone. And, and he went, Warren, do you get nervous? And I said, no, I don't get nervous. He went, no, Warren, no, every, you're, not, you're not getting it. Everyone gets nervous. And I said, I must not be everyone then. And he went, but how is that so? But in him saying that, for me, sparked the idea of the Fearless Speaking Academy. Mm. I, I knew that you only feel fear when the focus is on you. When, you're, when you have yes. that ego when you have that ego-based fear present, when you're worried about how you're going to come across. Like, I realized that when I was speaking on stage, I was external. I wasn't even thinking. I was speaking subconsciously. I was with the audience. I was finding that one person that I was going to add value to. And yeah, and, in, and, in that, and that, that became my ethos of the Fearless Speaking Academy. So literally from that, him saying that, I created my first ever fear a speaking academy and it was a bit kind of like i knew i could get results but it was still that thought at the back of my head like because i've never done this before like what happens if um it doesn't go to plan but i said you know what warren you can make this happen it's they can only focus on one thing at, at a time so if i can coach them the ethos and the strategies and for them to understand what actually what fear actually is i can remove it so i got eight people on my first event And they were old as sixty-eight to as young as around nineteen. And I had eight people from all different walks of life. And the plan was was to coach them in the AM. So they come in at eight AM and by four PM the floodgates open and forty people so at our first event we had forty people in the attend in, in the audience and I transformed Every single one of them. And a lot of them had anxiety from speaking. Like they couldn't even say two sentences in the training session. But yet when they were on stage, it was as if they were speaking for years because the focus wasn't on them. And then literally that was this time last year. So from the year, it went from 40 people to 80 people to 120 people to 200 people to 300 people. And this has all happened in under 12 months. And then at my last event, I said, rather than doing events every month, let me, let me free up four months and do an event, which is the self development event of the year, and bring global influencers around the world people that, that kind of sing from the same hymn sheet, people that are the next generation, people that have so much value to give in finding out actually not just where they are now, but what they have to do in order to get them where they are. So, and from my experience in the, event, in the event world, I realized that there was a lot of event junkies, people that would just go to an event, get pumped, go home, and it fizzles out. So I was like, I'm trying to f- create, I was like, i will trying to create the perfect environment where people are engaged, entertained, educated, and empowered to take action after. Yeah, no. That's a,
0: that's an important part, man. The action, the action is important. You know what I love? I love that when you were sharing your story, you went you went straight to the, the breakthrough moment and the breakthrough was that you were watching the Eric Thomas video on YouTube and that's when you had that moment of yeah. inspiration, right? And like yeah. I had it too. Like I had it when I was in the room with Jordan Belfort from the Wolf of Wall Street. I had like mm-hmm. little nudges throughout my life, but that was the big one where I like really felt it. Um, I was speaking with John Asaraf, this uh, neuroscience expert, multi-millionaire, best-selling author. He was the star of The Secret. I, I was speaking to him uh, last week. His defining moment was when he sat, in a, uh, sat down in front of a, a guy for coffee, this multi-multi-millionaire, that asked John, are you interested or are you committed? And he said that was the defining moment. So I, I love that you shared that because I feel like there's so many people now that are listening to this that are waiting for that defining moment and they're going to know what it is when it hits, but you've got to get out there and experiment.
1: 100, 100%, yeah, that, yeah. It is that moment where it just, it gives you a whole new perception on life. Sure does, sure does
0: so Warren tell us a little bit about the mindset side of things like what advice do you love sharing with your audience when it comes to mindset
1: okay Joel I can talk about this all day this is what I absolutely love (laughs) so I like to kind of relate the mindset for example to a smartphone I like to kind of find the complex hard language of the 2% and translate it so that the man on the street can understand it so I want to see it, like, if you can see it as a smartphone. So, for example, your parents give you this iPhone. And on this iPhone, it has some apps that come with it. And these apps represent your habits and your beliefs of who you are and what you can do on the phone. And a lot of us have these apps, and we go through the school system. We learn how to change the cases on our phone so we get the best kind of glittery cases we learn how to do the basics on the phone, like the maths, the English, so you have the basic apps on there. And where it gets interesting, where it really kind of, um, for me, how I, how I use the phone is that I had apps on my phone, on my device that were running, which were limiting my beliefs on what I thought I could do and who I thought I was. So the fact that I thought I was worthless because of my past of growing up in the care system. I had that app because I was, that app downloaded on my phone due to life experiences. And because I didn't understand how the mind worked, I was allowing all of this to be programmed into my device. So my turning point was realizing that this iPhone this, I, I call it the I-mind, your mind, is that who you think you are isn't actually you. And what you have to do is you have to unlearn. You have to replace the old habits with new habits. And I started to change the vocab, the language, and realizing that actually if you want to download a new app, if you want to download a new belief, a new habit, then there's a downloading phase. The downloading phase, which I say, is the 21 days you do it as much as you walk, talk, so it becomes who you are. You immerse yourself into it every single day. And from doing that, you then actually download a new belief, a new habit. So when I first started out, I had a lot of limited beliefs. And these limited beliefs were creating a low standard in my life. So I, I was like, I need to be confident. I need to learn how to communicate. So I need to, know how to, how, I need to know how to download that app. How do I download the good communication app? So what I started to do was I realized that the tools of downloading are through your sight, through audit, um, auditory, through what you say and what you do. And realizing that actually the mind, your phone, the mind, what happens is that the mind doesn't know what's real and what's not real. So... The action of you saying it with emotion and using your physiology, using your body language and doing it, you then you kind of then trick the mind into thinking that you're already there. And then you build the characteristics and the traits. And when you build that, it then becomes a mentality and it creates a path for you to get there. So, yeah, that's how I use, um, this is what I talk about with the mind, is I really make it basic, is that a lot of people are living and they haven't even switched the Wi-Fi on. They're they're using their device on 3G. An iPhone isn't what you can call people, but you can't do much without 3G or Wi-Fi. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're very unconscious. They're not conscious. They're not intentional about tapping into the power of the mind.
1: That's it. And and it's, and it's that whole thing of like, if you want to control someone, tap into their mind first and you've got them for life. So it's kind of like allowing people to understand that actually, if you don't control your mind, somebody else will. So it's understanding the manual of how to use the mind first and realizing that your environment, like when I first started to recondition my mindset, I stopped hanging around with negative people, people that started to talk anything Down to me, I I found a new group of friends. At home, I had my vision board, my why, my gratitude list, affirmations all around my house. I kind of used the whole, the McDonald's, like for example, everyone knows McDonald's, but yet they spend billions of pounds on marketing because they understand how our mind works. They know that when we see it over and over again on our buses, in our subways, then subconsciously when it comes to a place where maybe you're starving and then the only place you can go is this restaurant that you don't know and mcdonald's you're going to pick mcdonald's so i kind of use that strategy but in my household and i immerse myself into put into the person that i was destined to become and i would have jim Rohn, bob proctor tony robbins les brown eric thomas in my headphones 24 7 it was almost kind of like just on repeat like subliminal like I, it was just i was immersing myself completely into it mm-hmm. and with what with doing that i literally put the apps the habits the beliefs that i needed in order to achieve the goals that i set out for and the crazy thing is on my vision board Like my vision board, a lot of people do vision boards, right? And they just do something vague like a house and this. I'm very precise, like an architect, like detail. So much so that the RAS system, the reticular activating system at the back of the head, at the back of the mind, it just completely, you focus in on that. What I realized is is that, that everything is around you, but you only see what you focus on. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, that makes a ton of sense. Yes, really yeah, so, I, yeah. I believe that. I believe like our our mind is a goal seeking mechanism. That's it. Good and bad. You tell it, tell it negative things all day, you're going to focus on negative things. You tell it good things all day, you're going to get closer to your dreams.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. That like literally from that, it was like it it became impossible for me to have a bad day because I was surrounded by like I was surrounded by things that were making me grateful. I was consistently reminded of my why. And I knew I had a direction of where I was going. And it got me into a place where I really just literally become obsessed with the mind and understanding that actually you can live a tailored-made life, but you have to understand how your mind works and you have to protect it.
0: Love it. Absolutely love that. That's great advice. I love the whole I mind concept <laughs> <laughs> and the Wi-Fi, you know, tapping into your, your conscious. I love that, man. I love that. I love it. Uh, you. I, you know, I know you're probably going to touch on this quite a, quite a lot at the event, at the self-development event yeah. of the year in the UK on the 10th of December. Uh, but what do you believe it really takes to become fearless in any industry?
1: I would say what it, beca- what it takes to become fearless in any industry is having this belief. As much as you believe in the law of gravity... You know that if you throw something in the air, it's going to come back down. When you don't doubt it, when it becomes like walking. So for example, what makes me fearless is that as much as people walk, I'm focusing, I'm practicing every single day. So it's like knowing your subject, becoming that go-to person in your arena. And when you're in that place where you've sold it to yourself, you can become responsible for getting results in whatever it is that you do. Fear can't live in there, a newfound confidence where it's, it's, it becomes an expectation. So I would say fear is only present is when you're in a place of where you're kind of in the unknown as such. And then how I really understand it as well, look at it, see it for what it is and not what, bigger than what it is. So when you see it as, for example, public speaking, people get so, like public speaking is the most feared thing to do in this world. But yeah, yes. if you look at it, if you look at the statistics of how many people have died speaking on stage, <laughs> very low,
0: <laughs>
1: very low. I'd imagine probably one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That like low, Malcolm yeah. X. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, but from, but from that, it was like, so when you see it, when you realize that actually just like Zig Ziglar said, like fear is just false evidence appearing real, but it's not even real. Like going out in front of a bus, that's danger, but fear It's just your mind loves you. It wants to keep you alive. But it's about justifying it while you're safe. And once you justify that you're safe in that situation, it allows you to be fearless in situations where it's not a danger. I love it. That's
0: that's amazing. That's such such an amazing thing. When you think about it, right, like our mind is constantly trying to protect us. Yeah, Uh, it it, it likes growth because we get that feedback and we feel grateful for growth and and we feel like we're improving. But at the same time, it almost chooses to keep you safe over growth. Uh, And so that's why it's so important to constantly be stretching, growing, like just knowing that you have to be in the uncomfortable zone as often as possible if you want to excel, if you want to separate
1: yourself from the rest, right? 100%. It is like nothing grows in the comfort zone. (laughs) you got to step outside there. And, And do you know what helps me as well, right? What helps me is knowing that when you go through that struggle, the pain of taking yourself outside of your comfort zone, you can actually change the meaning on pain and uncomfort. So if you call it growth, right? So you change the meaning of that pain and you call it growth. So whenever you feel that feeling of you might be getting butterflies you change that butterfly into fire and energy and you change the heart beating fast people will put the meaning of the heart beating fast is nerves or being scared but you you change it to excitement and it you actually f- you produce a different emotion
0: yes yes that's it man it's it's all energy it's how mm. can you get good at managing your energy you know a lot of people say that time is the most important commodity and i would agree that it is right up there Uh, But I think energy is just as important. You know, if you're spending most of your life sitting on a couch because you have low energy, or you don't know how to manage your energy and you're sitting in depression all the time, or or sitting in heartbreak all the time and not really like moving forward, then you're not having a quality of life. You might as well not have the time either. You know, you might might, might as well not have the extra 10, 20, 30 years. You might as well not have that. You might as well die early, right? So, for me, the biggest thing is I, I check my energy quite often. Like, what foods am I eating that's affecting my energy? Uh, what people around me are affecting my energy? Mm. Uh, what are some things that I can do to boost my energy? Uh, that's been one of the biggest things. You look at Tony Robbins, he does the same thing too. Uh, he's really big on energy management. And you can see why this guy does like marathons <laughs> on stage. <laughs> so, so let's talk about events real quick because I know you, the, the event you're putting together right now, um, this is crazy, man, because I've had people hit me up left, right and center uh, that live in Europe. And I know we have a lot of addicted to success fans out in Europe and in the UK me, hit yeah. me up asking me all about it. So uh, if you're listening right now and you want to get down, it's the 10th of December. It's in London. Uh, there's going to be a lineup of amazing speakers. So I'm going to be there. Obviously, Warren's going to be there, Ashley Zahabian, uh, Caleb Maddox, Javon Langford, Garen Jones, Jermaine Harris. I mean, there's going to be some incredible uh, millennial speakers that are just blowing everything out of the water right now. So yeah, make sure you head down for that. But before we get into to you know how they can head there and how they can grab their ticket, uh, Warren, what do you feel has been the biggest, I guess, lesson that you've learned, or the biggest thing you've learned through putting events together? Because you've you've worked on yourself, you've built your business, and now you're you're out there uh, getting people to come to your events, which is you know mm. the next level, right? So so what have you learned through this process?
1: What I've learned through this process so far is that creating the events is not the biggest. It's for me, like creating events, we make, them, we make the events happen, but it is the, it's the aftercare. So it's the people that are turning up to the events that are getting priceless information, information that can change and add so much value to their lives. But then they get back to their old environment and it fizzles out. So the the biggest lesson, and I think this is something that we're going to apply to our next event, the self-development of the year is where we've created a program which is 21 days after the event and everyone that comes to the event will be in a private area where they can communicate and share what actions they're going to take. So to really keep everyone who came, because one big thing about my events that we create is individuals come in but we leave united, we leave as one. So yeah, I would say, yeah, the biggest lesson for me was that you spend all this time, yeah, you spend all this time making this event, and then it happens, you're like, yes, it's great, a lot of value, but then a, a big majority of people just go back to doing whatever they were doing before, and they become kind of like event junkies. So that's the biggest lesson that I've learned.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and we can, you know, we can only do so much ourselves. We can go Mm -hmm. far, but we can go even further if we go together. Uh, And, you know, I've been to a number of events and I noticed the ones that really sat well with me was was the ones where they had that feel, that community movement feel to it. Uh, And that's great that you're continuing a program after so people can stick to it and to develop new habits, right? Because it takes—I don't know what the, I think. Tyler Lopez says like sixty-seven days or sixty-six days. Someone else told me ninety-six. I think it was Robin Sharma or you know, one of those guys. So like everyone has mixed uh, mixed ideas on what it takes to really set in the habits. But I know for sure that just going to like an event for one or two days, that's gonna be it's... amazing, like for you to pull out the advice and to get the key points and, and all that, but it's then then it's the next stage of like applying every day, applying every day and staying connected with that positive group of people. Because I, I know I, I left an event recently and there's like that come down effect. <laughs> you leave the yeah. event and you're like, come off that high, you know, you go back to normal life and you got people around you that don't really care too much about self-growth and their business and so on. So it's really important to do that. And I love that you're doing that with this event. I think this is going to be a game changer for sure.
1: Definitely. Like like this this event, like what I've, this has been like four years in the making. I'm, I, I observe a lot of events and... I've come with four key elements to an event. And if you fill the four, you, you get a successful event. One is engagement. So the great thing is that the speakers that I've picked, they, they, can, they can literally speak from the top of their head. So for example, they could see someone in the audience who asks a question and, and they can tailor their talk to that question. So the engagement is vital because we can't help people if we don't know what they need. And this is what we've put in place and then the entertainment. Because I'm looking at Beyonce, and she's filling up stadiums of like 30,000 people, but she's not changing lives, but she's entertaining them. And so I realized people love to be entertained. So what brought that element to it? So like we was talking about before with energy, energy is everything. So the audience are not just sitting down, there's energy, there's interaction. They've come there to collaborate, to network, to, to be involved. And then the the, the third one is the education, the priceless strategies. For example, learning how you started Addicted to Success. What does it take to get there? What are the lessons that you've learned? And those strategies can help get you there in a fraction of the time, the person who's telling you the strategies. And the last bit, because I feel like you can tell someone everything that they need to hear, but they don't always apply it. But if you empower them, if you put their back up against the wall, but they've got no other option but to take action. And that comes from a place where you're not speaking from your throat, but you're speaking from your heart. And again, every speaker that I've got on that stage can come from that place. So those four elements, this, this, is, this isn't an event where you just go to and you go, yeah, 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 and that's it. This is an event where it will be the change that you need in your life that's going to get you to the next level and a place where you can collaborate. With those who are like-minded, and those, and, and I, I think Les Brown says it: those of a feather flock together, and that is what it's about. It's making self-development the norm. Amen, brother. Amen.
0: <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Yeah, there's oh. the number of the a number of those things that you just mentioned. That's definitely what I'm bringing into my set when I get up. I got an hour and a half uh, slot on stage, so uh, yeah, we're gonna bring the heat. For sure, for sure. I was talking with Javon, and Javon's excited. And I know Kayla Maddox rocks it, and Ashley Zahabian is a beast, too. She absolutely kills it. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited to get there and to really uh, meet a lot of the the Europeans and and those out in the UK. And so if you're listening right now, you know, I I don't go out that way. This is the first time that I've gone out to really rock it out there. I usually speak in Australia and the U.S., Uh, And I think Javon as well doesn't do it too often. So, uh, yeah, like we're ready to bring the heat to Europe.
1: (laughs) That's it. This is it. That's it. And it's like when you look at the lineup, for example, from knowing all of you, I see so many traits in all of you. And that is like for me, that's what I look for. It's not those events where you're sold to over and over again. It's literally people that genuinely care and who are making a world difference.
0: Mm, that's that's what sets it apart for sure, for sure. So how can they grab their tickets? For the listeners, the addicted to success listeners right now, where do they go to to get their tickets to get to this event?
1: So guys, I want you to go to your backyard, okay and to say and no, I'm joking. What you need to do guys. <laughs> what you need to go do is to go to www.selfdevelopmentevents.com www.selfdevelopmentevents.com as soon as you click on that link there will be a list of options of what ticket type that you want but yeah go to that website and you can't go wrong and currently guys because you're on the Addicted to Success as well it's buy one get one free so if you know someone in your life that needs this give them that message and bring them along that's
0: it bring a brother, sister, friend someone from your work, whoever it is, right? There's the thing, like I would, the next event that's out in Australia, I'm taking my little brother. I think it's really yes. because like, you, you know, I it, when you see some of the friends in your life, it's like, if they just got that one golden nugget, if they just like ex- expanded their mind, just that 1%, that 2%, whatever it is, I could change the game for them. Sometimes you can't tell them. Like, it's funny. I coach, mm. I speak, I build a multi-million dollar business, but the people closest to me don't listen. Joe, Joe, yeah. It's so I funny. It's like they need that third-party validation. They need somebody else to come and tell them the exact same thing to then go, oh, yeah, you're right. So there's like a bit of a blindness around that. Yeah. And so if you feel like that too, like you might be doing the self-development and you want to, you want your friend or your family member to really get it, sometimes you got to bring them to an event with you.
1: That's it. And just to add to that, guys, like yeah, you like your mum sees you as her son. And it's like, for me, I've I've been trying to coach my mum for so long. And at first she was like, What are you doing? Are you some sort of preacher now? But the thing was, she attended my last event, which actually we had Jovan Langford to speak at, and my mum spoke on stage. And Joel, when I say someone who's so kind of not against it, but just so fixed-minded. Like mm-hmm. that event that she attended opened her mind to share her story oh, and her story is powerful. And yeah. So for, so for me, that it's like who you are speaks louder than what you say. So if you like those lessons, those kind of things that you're telling your, your family, like the advice that you're giving them when somebody else gives them that advice. So for example, if they come to the event, somebody else has the same message. They're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard that over and over again, man. <laughs> I have, I have. <laughs> oh. Awesome stuff. Warren, well, thank you so much for joining us, mate. I want to wrap this call up with a couple more questions, real quick. Where can <laughs> they find you on social media for all the listeners that are really feeling your message and want to know more? Where can they find you?
1: I would say my my journey started sharing on Facebook. So to find me, find me on Facebook, which is Warren W Ryan. Get me on there, guys. I'm always on Facebook. I'm not shy of doing Facebook Live. So yeah, Facebook, I would say, is the number one source to find me.
0: There you go. You want to get fearless? Start jumping on the Facebook lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, you've been doing them for a while. I noticed. They, they pop up a lot, man. So uh, well done on, <laughs> on the consistency with that and the fearless around that too. Uh, so Warren, we always end every Addicted to Success interview with this last question. And the last question is, If you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: I would say no one gets out of this world alive. Go and live life on your terms. Be in a place where you're serving your purpose and to find your purpose, and it's always connected to contribution but you can't give what you haven't got. So make sure you fill your cup up first and spend every single day improving yourself. And if you're ever going to look back, look back on how far you've gone and allow that to push you to where you need to be.